Good evening, dear listener, and welcome once again to our Little Chelsea Football Club podcast, where three, as it stands at the moment, or four, as may well happen in the very near future, ordinary people sit around and try to bring you, the listener, a verbal and audio... Oh, actually, it is a verbal picture of the trials, tribulations and triumphs of what it's like to be a Chelsea fan. And we are Chelsea fans, and we are Chelsea fans that go to the ground and um, then sit in the pub afterwards or beforehand, generally either applauding ourselves and patting ourselves on the back and the team or um, trying to talk each other out of jumping out of the nearest window. Um, This is episode 81. We've got a veritable cornucopia of games to discuss, starting with our victory and comeback against the loathsome Spurs um, and moving on through our fine victory and, for my point, a very unexpected victory over Manchester City to three consecutive hard-fought 1-0 wins against teams that we might well have found to be massive banana skins during our last season of discontent. Uh, the episode is as yet untitled, but of course our dear leader Nick, who none of us have ever met, um, will cast his expert eye and ear across the recording and no doubt pluck something scintillating, sardonic and sexy from the discourse of the next hour with which to brand this episode. So... Before we move on to the football, let me introduce tonight's cast. My name is Tony Glover. These days, maybe I'm best known by my Twitter handle, GrocerJackUK, and I can often be found hanging around in the Cock Pub um, near Stamford Bridge before a game. As ever, I'm joined by some highly intellectual and clever fellow fans. A sort of brains trust of Chelsea fans, if you like. So let's start with a man who has a brain the size of a planet. The veritable and charming author of the excellent book, Palpable Discard. Uh, Discord, sorry, Discard. That's that'll be me if I carry <laughs> if I carry on with these verbal these these verbal cockups. Um, palpable Discord and goalkeeping expert par excellence, Clayton Beerman, aka at Goldie Fifty Nine. Good evening, Clayton, and please feel free Good. to do a few words because I'm just about to try and get Donal in. Okay, no, well, thank you very much for the introduction. I don't know which planet, probably Uranus. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, schoolboy no, humour. Great one. Uh, but absolutely fabulous to be back. Uh, sorry I missed the last pod, but uh, congratulations, Mr. Silver, who adequately covered. And um, it was a good listen, so well done. Oh, yes, uh, it was nice to have Dan on. <sighs> Donald! Donald, you join us out, uh, as I'm just doing the intros, mate. I'm just doing the actual, you? You're live, mate. You've joined us live. You've not even got a chance to, to, to tell your butler to go off and get you a cup of tea or coffee or a beer. Um, you're straight well, in I, the action. Well, I have got time. I've just got the piano set up here. I'm just going to give you a little. Um, I thought as we're coming up to Christmas, and and we've moved on. It was time to give a little little tune here for for our old friend Jose. <laughs> Carry right on. Go right ahead. Without you, I'll be so blue. Thank you. Oh, 
So, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Exactly. Sorry for interrupting your flow. That's okay. Um, I'll I'll quickly introduce uh, Kweku. So, uh, as I was saying, um, and you heard that live, folks. Um, This is how, what a well-oiled machine we are. Um, And back again, despite the technology gremlins that forced him to leave the pitch midway through the last podcast, uh, we welcome back um, a, a man with the equivalent of two brains. Fortunately, they appear to be both in his head. Kweku, also known as at number one is Chelsea. Good evening, Kweku. Wanna shout out Tutti. Um I thought given that Conte is speaking our language, I thought I'd better I'd better speak his. Don't know they were they were about to throw me out of the hotel. They said any more of that racket and you're out. So uh, I, I, <laughs> so, uh I do apologise. <laughs> nah, good good to have you back. Good to have you back. Yeah. Uh, and uh, after our eleventh win in, in succession. Thank you very That's much, Kweku. And last of all we bring you a man with what I can best describe as a Dirk Gently brain, whereby it operates on the principle of the general interconnectedness of everything, and only he can understand this. It is the one and only Donal, a.k.a. Doctor, at Doctor underscore Blue Bio. Good evening, Donal, and welcome again. Oh, good evening. Sorry about the... Uh Slight uh, technical uh, hitches earlier on. Listen, this uh, is live. We do this. I mean, we don't broadcast live, um, but we, you know, we do this by the seat of our pants, as we all know. Um, or we're very, very polished and very, very professional, and we do this just to give the impression of being a, being a bit knockabout and slapstick. So, um, yes, it's good to have you yeah. back. Um, I will start off first of all. Let's go into the part one, which is really talking about the results. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do the usual cycle around to you, but to uh, start off first of all with you, Kweku, because um, a general view of these last few games. Now, bearing in mind that the last pod in shed was just um, <coughs> recorded pre-Spurs, um, a game which we came back from to win two-one, um, followed by Manchester City away, a game we came back from to win three-one, um, and then West Brom, um, a tough tougher than probably we expected home 1-0 one, one win and then two um, rather magnificent I think away 1-0 wins um, which reminded me very much of um, Mourinho's first season and games away to um, rough and tumble teams like Blackburn Rovers and you know McQueen smashing Robin's ankle and that sort of stuff um, your thoughts on those five games yeah but I was I was really worried about Spurs, um, which was was made easier by the fact that um, uh, about a minute into the after the, after the game had kicked off, uh, the girl behind me in the Matthew Harding upper um, tapped me on the shoulder to say, "Excuse me, I've dropped some sausages on your chair." Um, so uh, the, the laughter that ensued for the next sort of ten minutes uh, relaxed me immensely. But um, I, th- I think. Um, We've we've gone through a period which is uh, which was full of real uh, banana skins. We come through Spurs. Uh, obviously, we went one down, one one down very early on, and everybody's thinking of you know as people worked out the wing backs. You know, as, as the three four three finally met met its match, and then Pedro scored just 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 such a fantastic goal on the turn. Uh, and then in the next uh, 20 minutes after the game kicked off in the second half, we, we, we absolutely killed them. So um, I think we, we set the tone. Um, and then we went into the City game, again, not bothered by the fact that, um, you know, we'd be gone 1-0 down um, and then came back and again, completely killed them in the second half. And it's just gone on and on and on like that. We 
we're just like a machine. You know, we just don't we don't let up. Um, we the, the stuff we were talking about at the start of the season about the mentality, you're seeing it now in in full force that we are. Forget the fact that we're we're technically very good. We're also we're granite um, men, uh, mentally. Um, we we're not affected by going behind. We're not affected by being under by being put under pressure. We just carry on playing our football, um, carry on um, keeping on our shape, uh, pressing the ball. Uh, uh, Hazard um, and, and Costa have been in a in a different different uh, solar system in terms of their quality. Um, and um, you know, I've, I, I was saying to you that I wanted to give a, a massive shout out to to, to my favourite curly haired uh, uh, villain, Mr. Louise, um, who's been absolutely superb, absolutely superb, and uh, and all the all the all the pundits who've been giving this guy this respect. Um, I hope I hope now they uh, they can start eating their words. Well, very well put, actually. Um, Clayton, your thoughts? Um, it's it's been a phenomenal run that that really not <clears throat> not many of us or anybody could have predicted. Um, going back to the Tottenham game, uh, the game I basically hate and love more than any other. Um, I thought that we basically played. Not poorly in the first half. I thought Spurs were very, very good. But um, the worldy um, that was scored just before half-time, I think ultimately did for them because it doesn't seem to matter what they do. They can't beat us. And they basically played a very, very complete 40-odd minutes, did nothing wrong. And then they go in one-all. And there was... uh, I heard a journalist say, a Chelsea sporting journalist say... He was at the tunnel as they walked in and our boys were massively up for it. And he said he just looked at the Spurs players and they were all, all their heads were down. And, and I think there was a massive psychological blow in the second half. I think we, we played really, really well. Um, Man City was interesting. We saw that Fabregas was playing instead of Matic. And I think none of us were particularly pleased about that. I think if anybody says they were, I think they're lying. Um, but again, a fantastic performance and a performance that was sort of hewn out of a tremendous defending. Uh, we let in an unfortunate goal, uh, an own goal. Um, but in the second half, we, we, we were superb. We controlled the game. Um, they got very frustrated. Um, and it was it was very interesting to watch them disintegrate uh, and the sour grapes um afterwards from Guardiola because Guardiola has only managed two massive teams who in their own leagues have basically been the one of two or potentially three teams that win every year and so always get the big decisions etc so you could see his his frustration like he didn't like it um which was lovely which was really really nice because we sort of you know it, it was it was good to see, and that's a bit petulant. But we were superb. I mean, the, the three goals that we scored that day were absolutely outstanding. And I, I, I we, I think if we didn't believe beforehand, I think when that when the final whistle went on that game, uh, we certainly did. And and we we then had the awful awful West Brom game, um, the anti football played, which I've got no problem with. It's our job to break it down. People come and do that. That's entirely right. The only gripe I had with that was I thought the referee really should have given their keeper the hurry up. And But it was one moment of genius, and it was absolute genius. 
Uh, we had the then two away games back to back, one nil, well, three one nil victories. Sunderland, I didn't see. I was watching a a dodgy feed, which was good for two minutes, then went off for two minutes. I was very lucky because I was online when uh, Seth scored that fantastic goal. Um, and I was even luckier because it went off a couple of minutes before the end. So I missed Tebow's wonder save, which I think would have probably given me a heart attack. Um, and then we went to Palace um, and we the first half was fairly laboured. But we just we never looked in any difficulty on Saturday. Um, it was the eighth of December. Oh, hello. Sorry, sorry. Um, and the, the 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 thing was, and I worked this out that the West Brom, the Sunderland, and the Palace game all one nil victories. And I'm of the old school. When we're winning one nil, I'm just waiting for the opposition to score. I, I'm. You know, it's got nothing to do with what's on the pitch, nothing to do with what I can see with my own eyes. I'm just a fatalist. Like a lot of football fans, you wonder, like, you're just waiting for the opposition to score. And I worked it out, it was 111 minutes I was actually waiting in those three games total for the opposition to score. And they didn't, and they didn't because we are, we're just such a well-oiled machine at the moment. And whatever Conte is doing, long may it continue. Yes, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm with you on on, on a lot of those points. I actually, um, I actually thought certainly the Palace game. I thought we we basically threw a fire blanket over them. That's that's how it looked to me. We just nulled them, uh, uh, nulled them. They 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 became almost secondary to what was going on on the pitch. And although we probably should have could and should have scored a couple more goals, it was one of the so few. Can I- can I just quickly say what um, what Alan Pardew uh, said afterwards, which I thought summed it up brilliantly. He said he just really dejectedly turned around and said Chelsea gave us absolutely nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, and it was that that was pretty much. It. I was. It's one of the few games I've sat and I thought, do you know what? I can't see them even getting back into it. You know, we're we're, we're so comfortable. And um, Donal, your view on these um, this this remarkable run continuing and and, and the games, especially since um, since Spurs. Um, well, there's two phrases here, really. One is five words, um, the rub of the green. The other is four words, regression to the mean. Oh, I thought that was coming, now, yes. <laughs> I, I knew my my loyal fan base would be out there waiting for, <laughs> for me to utter that. I, I don't disagree with anything, really, that's been said, other than... Um, City very, very nearly. I mean, you know, these things happen. You need a little bit of luck or whatever you like to call it to do well and to achieve things. And we were perhaps a fag paper or a Kevin De Bruyne toenail away from um, perhaps going 2-0 down. I'm not saying that they still might not have got a result out of it, but it would have been slightly more uphill. Um, And... Sometimes on such things do seasons turn. And um, certainly I think since then, the sort of confidence, confidence of beating Tottenham and then beating City, uh, I think has sort of infused the team with a a real self-belief. And yes, Courtois had to pull off a pretty much a wonder save, but that's the sort of thing you want a goalkeeper of his ability to do when it really comes down to it, is make that kind of save. 
But as a rule, compared to last season, and even possibly the season when we won the title, we're doing two things. One, I think we're creating more chances per game, proper chances. I don't mean counting shots, you know, something that might hit the corner flag, but I think we're creating a number of dangerous chances in a game, not necessarily taking them all, but we're also not allowing anywhere near the number of dangerous chances to the opposition we were last season. And possibly, uh, and it's, this is just a you know personal, off the top of my head, I, I think possibly not as many uh, as we did even when we won the, won the title the year before. Um, and yes, it all, looks, it all looks too shiningly lovely, doesn't it? Which makes me wonder what's around the corner. Aren't we in a similar position uh, the year we won the championship? We're going into Christmas about seven or eight points in front of everybody else. And at one point, um, City caught us up, didn't they? I think in sort of mid to late January. And I think the difference between us was something like the result of the game that we'd played or something daft like that. It, it was um, it was basically John Terry's goal in the 5-3 defeat at Tottenham kept us on top of uh, yeah. the league. That's yeah, right. And that, yeah. that was it on goal difference. Yeah, so I, uh, I mean, so, the, yeah. the kind of thing that worries me is, is people, is statisticians reminding us that um, no team has uh, failed to win the league. Um, yes. When they've had 43 points at Christmas. Because that's just an open invitation for us to, you know, record breakers and smash us up the yard to go right ahead and drive a bus through that one. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 also, I do tend to agree with that. I, and it's, it's funny. But that's just pessimism. Because, it is. You know, it, in terms of actual, the way the players are playing and the results yeah. we're getting, we should, of course, be sitting back now, you know, cigar yes. in one hand, a glass of champagne in the other, waiting for the inevitable. But... Uh, Football isn't one, like that. Absolutely. One of the first phrases I ever learned as a Chelsea supporter was typical bloody Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, Clayton, how, uh, is this the form of potential champions? Uh, yes, insofar as it's relentless. And I thought that there was an interesting quote from Thibaut Courtois after one of the victories. And he said... He said it must be very disheartening for our opponents to go back in the dressing room. I think it was after the Sunderland game. He said when they go back in the dressing room and think, oh, God, no, they've won again. Because at the moment, it doesn't really appear to anybody chasing us that irrespective of what they do, we just keep winning. Um, are we playing like champions? Perhaps not yet. But we there, there, there's a control in that team. There's a something... I think team is, is the byword, even though there are people who are playing spectacularly well. You look at the whole of that, that squad and that squad works because everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody knows what their job is and nobody's letting anybody down. Um, tremendous spirit. Um, I think, you know, when I, I said about the 11, 111 minutes, it's exactly the same. You know, if, if you look at this logically, you think, we're in the most fantastic position, but football fans are fatalistic, and that, and it doesn't matter what they see in front of them. It doesn't matter what the statistics say; they'll they'll think the worst. And I I mean, all this talk about I mean, I know Sky have to talk about something, but you know, all they're saying is is it now Chelsea's to lose? Well, no, of course it's not. I mean, you know, this 
60 plus points to play for. Mm. Um, and you look at January, January, I think we've got Spurs, Liverpool and Leicester away. Um, it's going to be tough, but I'd rather be where we are than anywhere else or any other I mean, team at the moment. Just, just to give you an, an idea of uh, how quickly things change in football. The 24th of September, we were seven or eight points behind uh, City at the top of the table. What is it now? The 20th of uh, 21st of uh, December. And we are, what, six points ahead at the top of the table? That's how quickly things change. So, um, I mean, I, I think we are playing like champions. The, the, I mean, we've seen, we've seen uh, three title wins in, sort of in the, in the, in the noughties. So we, we, we should know what a, a, a championship winning Chelsea side looks like. The question is whether we can keep it up. Because we know that um, January is coming. Signings may be made. Um, Conte, uh, I wrote an article today, um, I've referenced um, uh, Gab Malcotti, who said that Conte, uh, Conte is probably looking to um, change the system again um, because he knows that the 3-4-3 um, will eventually be deciphered and worked out. And I think Tottenham did work it out. Um, I think if they'd been a bit more aggressive, I think they might, might have gone further than one goal ahead in that first half. But I just think we need to um, keep on going. We need to continue doing what we're doing, do all the right things. Um, and if we keep on doing that, I can't see I can't see us not winning the title. But that's a big if. So you know, um, let's see let's see how it pans out. I think the, I think the problem the problem for Tottenham was that they their game was predicated on a very very hard press, which they couldn't possibly keep up for ninety minutes. And um, yes, you're right. Had they got the second goal, they might have had something to defend. Um, but it, it's quite a risky tactic, isn't it? In that you you have to get the goals because you're going to run out of legs somewhere around, you know, I, 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 fifty I minutes. Know, I, I don't know if it's so much that they they pressed hard because if you look at Christian Eriksen, and this is a guy who I think Chelsea he had a trial at Chelsea, um, and we didn't take him because we didn't think he was physical enough, um, which is one of the reasons why he was so happy when he scored the goal against us. But um, I think what it was was that. They know that gap between Alonso and uh, and uh, uh, Cahill and uh, Moses and Aspilicueta. If you can get players in in and behind uh, mm. into that space, uh, then we're constantly on the back foot in terms of cross. That's exactly what happened against uh, City. Um, City were putting uh, Silva, De Bruyne, and all the rest of them into that space. Um, so you constantly have to face crosses, 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 and eventually Cahill have ended, uh, ended up giving giving away an own goal. Mm. So I think that was I don't I don't think it's so much the press. I think it's more finding the space in which to do the damage, um, which we all you know it's one of the reasons why I don't I, I don't actually like three at the back. Conte's made me a convert, but I don't like it because in the Premier League you've got all these wingers who just all they're trained to do ever since they were sort of two years old is get to the byline and cross mm. the ball, get to the byline, cross the ball. And if you put the ball in the box enough times, eventually a mistake is going to be made. So I think that's the, I think that's the issue for me. But as I said, Conte, um, as uh, Gab Malcotti was saying, Conte is probably going to look at changing the system to make it a bit more flexible as, as the second half of the season progresses. So let's see. I, I think that when you look at the Tottenham game, the first 25 minutes, half an hour at least, um, it wasn't so much about them getting people in, in the space between. It was about them stopping Chelsea moving the ball at all 
and they concentrated on that, you know, on that area between between the, the, the three centre backs and, and the wing backs, and actually, you know, countering one on one to make sure no one could move the ball anywhere. I mean, if you remember, they had, you know, Moses as Pilaqueta, both of them making mistakes, not being able to clear the ball out. And I think yeah. if anything, if any, if Chelsea do anything, it would be. He may change the system, but what he also needs is slightly more ball playing ability in those positions yeah. because you know teams. The, the problem for teams have is that they they know they can do that and they can they can cause Chelsea problems, but it also requires an enormous amount of effort because you've got to press that high up the pitch. And then yeah. if Chelsea do get the ball out, you've got an awful long way to go back to chase things down because we obviously have quite a lot of pace in the team it, now. It, it is what will happen if you force Moses and Alonso to actually do some defending. Because as much as, uh, as Victor Moses has been fantastic this season, uh, Alonso also had a really, really good start as well. Um, I don't think either of them is a natural defender, although Victor Moses is coming on. I mean, I don't know if you saw that. That block he put in uh, against City is absolutely superb. Just slid in, cut out yeah. the danger like, like Terry at his best. Well, I'm going ju- to jump yeah. in here because I actually think that they are pretty good defenders. I think that might be a surprise to Victor Moses, certainly not to uh, to Alonso. Um, and uh, and in their position, you know, there is no wing back that is going to be a, a top line fantastic defender or top line winger it is a bit of a hybrid role and I think actually what you do is you're going to use that hybrid role you make sure you get somebody in those positions left and right who is the best of both if you like you might compromise So, it, but you know I get, I do get endlessly tired with people say well it was a defensive mistake that caused that goal not always there wasn't really a defensive mistake in Jordan Henderson's 25 yarder against us at no. Stamford Bridge I agree um, yeah you know, so um, I just you, move you, don't, on. you don't want them to defend as much as no. you don't want them to have to be no, in no, that no, role. no. Yeah. Um, and, and we've done that pretty, pretty well this season it, 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 with our kind of our kind of midfield engines of, of Kante and Matic. Um, just going to bring Clayton in here um, and talk about um, if you were a betting man, if you were a betting man, Clayton, um, how long do you think the run can continue? Um. If you look at it from a logical point of view, there's no reason why we shouldn't win our next two home games uh, against Bournemouth and Stoke. They are games that we should win. Um, And then we've got Tottenham away. So I would say there is a a good possibility it will go on for another two games. Um, But I wouldn't be at all surprised if we drew one of the games at home. I think... The, the thing is, and I don't know if you remember when we had that amazing run um, of league games without defeat at home, which went, went up into the 80s. Yeah. And towards the end of that run, we were playing certain games at home where you just got the impression that it was more important not to lose that run than it was to actually win the game. And so I think these runs just naturally bring their own pressures onto the players as yeah. much as they don't. As, mm. as much as you don't want it to be the case, I think it is the case. Um, I think, you know, that there's been certain games and, and the West Brom game was a perfect example. I just basically thought, well, do you know what? We won nine in a row. And um, if somebody would have said that we're going to, you know, 
win nine and draw one out of our next ten games, I would have snapped the hand off. I was yeah. quite philosophical about it. Um, but we found a way to win. I think, you know, I, 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 so much, so much praise has to go to our manager. I really, you know, what he's managed to do with what was there before the fact that he's obviously come in. And to be fair to him, he said to those players, right, you've got, you know, he didn't probably didn't say you got half a dozen games, but he, he thought, I will be fair. These guys won the league only 12 months ago. Let's see what they can do. Well, they couldn't do it, and and he changed it. Yeah. So, you know, it's I I do think that the the things will change. And we're talking about formations, and you'll probably talk about the fact we haven't got either Kante or Costa. Yeah, that's on, coming up um, on Saturday. So that might be a change which may disrupt the team. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, Donal, have we killed the remember remember we're crap in November meme? Um, yeah, obviously, uh, some of these memes, I, I'm not sure how far back they actually stretch. I don't know. I think probably that was created more by some recent debacles, you know, the um, things going a bit wrong when we had, you know, Mourinho's sort of seconds. No, that no, wasn't Mourinho's. It was Ancelotti, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Scolari. We had sort of Scolari, then we had Ancelotti's second season, and then Villas Boas. You know, they they all seem to be sort of autumn things going badly wrong in the autumn. Um, certainly, yeah. I mean, for this November, we've we've definitely killed it off. Um, but, but again. Yeah. For next November, we've set the bar somewhat high, haven't we? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's just, it's, uh, I know it's difficult not to get very overexcited, and obviously, as is their want, you know, large sections of the media were handing us the trophy on, on you know, last week, and we were nine points clear. They kept omitting to mention that everyone else who was anywhere near us still had their game in hand to play. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just been heartening to see players that we knew were good players yeah who so inexplicably went completely down the crapper last year you know get back to playing probably better than we've seen them play most of the time they've been there you know yeah. i mean there's there's a freshness and a, a vivacity to the to the way they're playing that uh, just makes it worth you know you actually look forward to watching the games you know there was a there was a time, particularly when we won the title a couple of years ago, after Christmas, I think after that Tottenham game where they they lost, sort of the expansive, whatever expansive football we were playing, yeah. sort of disappeared. And it did become a regression. Grind. It became regression to the Mourinho mean, didn't it, really? I think <laughs> it, yeah, became, yeah. it became a real grind. And I know there was the, the West Brom game recently. The Sunderland game was only 1-0, as was the Palace. But I watched the Sunderland game. There was still a lot more to enjoy in, in watching that game. Uh, similarly, uh, I didn't see all of Palace, but I, you know, I listened to it on the radio and the highlights. Uh, a bit like the Southampton game, you know, just watching the team sort of almost crush the life out of an opponent in, in, a, in the way they do is not as, as tedious as it can, you know, it might look like it must have been a tedious yeah. game, but it wasn't. It, it isn't because there's, it's being done in a very clever way. Um, and there's always a threat that they're going to break out and yeah. score goals. Um, okay, so before we move into part two, then I've got a question for you, Queku, um, which is, 
Um, I mean, you know, we've seen this for two games, the comeback kids or whatever, but, and I know you're big on this on Twitter or whatever, is um, just, you know, uh, uh, your thoughts on the spirit of the team at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it's just what I was saying at, at the start of the season um, when, you know, I mean, Donald was saying that um, there's a freshness about the place. So I think that's because people have stopped crapping their pants, you know, in November because we're winning. You know, um, the, the, the thing is that um, Conte, the first thing he demands, he demands his side come out with personalities. It seems to be a big thing with Italian managers, actually. They, they always demand that their team um, shows mental qualities as well as tactical and, and technical ones. But the, the attitude that we're showing now, you could, you could trace it all the way back to the way we came from 1-0 down against West Ham. The way we um, we came back against Watford, um, he, this this kind of uh, refusal to be intimidated by 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 setbacks or bad luck, um, losing John Terry, um, who which usually if we lose John Terry, that is the hallmark of the season going down the Swanee. Um, if you look at most of our campaigns under Mourinho and the Villas Boas, uh, Scolari as well, if there's an injury to Terry. Um, that's usually a, a, a big injury to Terry. That's usually the marker for the season just being finished. Um, it happened this season. Um, I think it was after Watford and Conte. Okay, we, we suffered against uh, against uh, Arsenal, but um, Luis came in when we signed him, and you know, look at it. Um, what was it nine clean sheets in the last eleven? Um, so I think, as, as you said, that that spirit and that attitude. Um, I think for me, I'll, that's the thing I'll take away most. Whatever happens this season, I'll take that away from this first half. That we we are not just technically very good, but we are also mentally incredibly strong. And I think that is what is really hurting teams because they know that um, even though that even if they score, we're going to come back and we're going to score too, or we're going to equalise, or we're going to put so much pressure on them that you know we're not going to be we're not going to be killed. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 going to keep banging that drum all season, I think. Good on you. So you should. Um, I'm going to move it on now, um, uh, away from the games. I just um, my own thoughts are is that um, this is this is in some ways it, it's it's Mourinho plus for me. It's that kind of assured um, confidence that he built into the team in the the last time he won the championship and and in his first since um, with with kind of a mixture of pragmatism and 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 also enjoyment. I, you know, the, these players are enjoying their game. You know, I don't think I can ever remember seeing as many Chelsea players smile at different points in the game, even when we hadn't even scored. You know, it was, it's just a more, and it moves us into the next part, which we're going to talk about the, 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 the manager and, and the players for a little while. Um, it seems to have moved us away from this, um, uh, whatever he's done, Antonio Conte, it's more than about putting your arm around a player and making them feel better. There is something far better, and I, it, I just wonder whether it, him, Klopp, uh, Pochettino, uh, potentially Guardiola as well, are a kind of new breed of, of coach that are coming through that have this closer link to the modern footballer, even more so than Mourinho and certainly more so than Wenger, um, which allows them to, to give them a kind of freedom to play with. They're, they're still the boss, but in a more collaborative way. It, if you're as old as me, you remember when you went to work, you would be stuck with somebody at work, and you'd, you know, your, your manager, you, you'd probably call him Mister something, yeah. And nowadays, 
where I work, we don't even have separate offices. They sit out on the, you know, uh, on the in, in the main open plan office with the rest of us. They don't get a special desk or anything. So um, there's something more going on that. So um, Clayton, I just wanted to get your view on 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 it about his influence impact. Not you know, not only on the pitch or or his you know reaction on the pitch, but off the pitch and this kind of subtle change. You know, I've had friends at work who support other clubs who've said it's nigh on virtually impossible to hate Chelsea at the moment this is when you consider where we were this time last year and, and you know, I'm like you I, I love Mourinho and I love what he did for the club but there is something very different that we are part of at the moment yeah I think what you have to do is you have to draw a line under the Mourinho era that's now gone it's history and this is a new era because what you saw under Mourinho was you saw Mourinho dragging what was left of his original team to winning one more league uh, and then it all imploding. Well, you've got somebody who's come in who's basically looked at those players and thought, OK, that's fine. And he's created a new team, a new spine. I think the dressing room's probably changed. I think people have left that dressing room um, I would say that I think that John Terry is being used in a positive manner when he's not playing. You hear lots of stories about his going to all the games and he's talking to people before the game. But that little cabal that there probably was um, has now been dissipated. It's a different atmosphere and it's a different club. Um, the story this week, uh, I know you discussed on the fan cast, but I read it as well that he went to the staff Christmas party where managers yeah. don't normally go. Um, they normally do a video to thank everybody, but he, he turns up there two hours later, you know, and, and, and then he departs. And you can only think that that sort of thing breeds loyalty within the club. It's a breath of fresh air. Every time you see him, he's smiling. Every time you see him. Now, I know that we said, and I think right at the beginning of the season, where everybody was saying, oh, this is fantastic because we won our first three games, which actually people forget. Um, yeah. But we, we did. We won our first yeah, three yeah. games. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and everybody was saying, well, this is fantastic. And the guy was smiling. And then we were going, oh, well, you know, what's going to happen when he loses a couple of games? Well, he lost a couple of games. He got a bit fed up and he changed the team and, and it's all changed again. You know, to, to actually look, I mean... Mourinho, as you know, I, I, I'm devoted to the man. I love the man. Um, but you see him sitting on the sideline and he looks like he'd rather be anywhere than where he is. You look at Wenger. I mean, for God's sake, the man is earning a fortune. He's doing something that we'd all love to do. And he looks so effing miserable every single minute. He always looks like he's sucking a sherbet lemon. He just doesn't look like he's enjoying it. And I just think... When you look at Conte, he looks Can I just like, say, Clayton, that yeah. I, I suck sherbet lemons and I'm sure I always look like I'm enjoying life. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing injects a little bit of zing into life more than a sherbet, sherbet lemon. Sherbet lemon, indeed. Unless it's, unless, it's, unless it's a koala cube. But, you know, uh, I'm, no, I'm not a big fan of koala cubes. Rhubarb uh, yeah. and custard, anybody? They're lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah rhubarb and custard is, yeah. is a fine sweet. A you're, fine you're, sweet. you're making me feel young. <laughs> a word, what about, and of course, as we're in the pudding shed, you have to mention a Werther's because that's obviously oh, absolutely what, yes. what the yeah, more yeah. mature gentleman sucks. Yes, excuse the expression. <laughs> anyway, yeah. the, the, the point is, he's replaced the spine. 
the team has evolved. It's a completely different team. There might be the same players, but it's a different team because people are doing different things. They're different roles. We haven't got Eden Hazard playing, you know, pseudo fullback because he's got to chase back. Yes, he has to do that, but not all the time. The way the team set up is different. So it's a different era. And I think in many respects, you can't now compare where we were 12 months ago to where we are now because it's 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 apples and pears as they say indeed um quicku do you think that a few words on conti as in our antonio yeah yeah uh three things so there's an interview with uh uh it's actually it's actually done by william gallas funnily enough he interviews john terry um you gotta watch this it's absolutely super so, William Gallas asks John Terry how he feels about being out of the side. And uh, JT turns around and he says, do you know what? If I'm out of the side, it means that um, the side is playing so well that they don't need me. Uh, and I think the longer that continues, the better. Now, if you're, getting a, if you're getting your captain, a guy who is pretty much the most sort of celebrated player at the club has won all the trophies you can imagine to talk like that that tells you something about the manager the second thing uh, Fabregas and Hazard so there's a moment in the Crystal Palace game if you go back and you watch it it's just before the goal Hazard gets the ball and he, he moves into the um, he moves about 35 yards from goal and he's facing towards Azpilicueta and he demands that Azpilicueta receives the ball and crosses it into Costa. You can actually see him. He's actually pointing at him, demanding, uh, demanding him to move into that into that space. Now, Hazard, he's, he's a quiet guy. He's not, he's not, you know, he's, he's funny and all the rest of it. But he's not, he's not, you know, you're sort of very Steve Bull kind of um, tight character. But there he is, demanding, you know, a player like Aspilicueta to go into a certain position. That tells you the kind of confidence that Conte is giving these players. And then lastly, Fabregas. I mean, Fabregas is not exactly Kante when it comes to tackling. Goal against Sunderland, he's the one who retrieves the ball. Retrieves the ball, gives it to, I think, Conte, uh, Conte um, wins a header, and then Fabregas takes it back. This guy, he's, ma- he's not only making the players better players, I think he's making them better men. I think they, um, I think all of them just look 10 feet taller than they did last season. Not even last season. I'd say probably this is the best I've seen Hazard play since he's at Roger Chelsea. Uh, probably the best I've yeah. seen Fabregas play since he was at Chelsea. Aspilicueta, Luis, um, you know, Matic, uh, Costa, all of them. They look they look yeah. in the best shape of their, of their so, entire time so, here. Yeah, talking about Costa then, um, Donal, I mean, he looks the dog's bollocks at the moment, doesn't he? He looks calm, but deadly. Um, I, I'm sure you've got a view on whether we'll miss him versus Bournemouth, but um, the, the, the kind of transformation I mean I, I gather his last booking was in September I mean, it's taken him nearly three months to get the one to get Boxing Day off but um, <laughs> it, it just seems and I, I mean it, that was always that was always going to be a bit of a you know let's just, oh do you think he's going to he's done that so he can get Boxing Day off um, you know I mean I, he got booked by John Moss who I think is possibly mm. the rank worst referee uh, in the Premiership um, that I've seen probably for 10 years and there's been some right clunkers in there um, but your yeah. thoughts on Costa I mean it, you know it, 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 and chuck a word in about Fabregas as well because for me he seems to be happy to accept the squad player status there's not a single inkling of disloyalty 
from Fabregas, uh, you know, who's a, 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 a world player, as it were. Your thoughts, mm. Costa and Fabregas? My thought on uh, just before that, can yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I just had to, t- I just had to take a couple of quick calls, Tony. Um, one was from uh, Richard Scudamore, who's asked you to stop referring to Chelsea winning the championship. Um, <laughs> they won the prem, the Premiership. premiership. You're, oh, okay, you're, dam- yeah. you're damaging the brand, right? No, they didn't. They didn't win the Premiership. It's the Premier League. The Premier League. League. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. And, I did, uh, yeah. If we don't stop, he's going to shut us down. Yeah. Right? And the other one was very difficult to hear because there was a big. There was a lot of noise in the background, um, but I recognised from the way the noise was moving that it was obviously the Allianz Arena. And uh, it was our old mate Carlo was on the phone, and he just <laughs> wanted to point out that, yes, Antonio did very well to go to the Christmas party, but he did as well. and was He the was last the last match. one, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. He, took, he took the trouble to ring me. So, yes, but, they were three nil up, so he felt he could take the time out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I think I think his eyebrows probably raised. Yeah, he's um, he's uh, 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 he's three nil up and against ten man Leipzig, which um, I, I think if if I was a betting man, I might be willing to do a bit of um, Ray Winston betting play right now. Nah, um, exactly. We're going, um, we're going, going back to the yeah. original question. Um, the important thing about Costa is that he. Um, he fulfills the the need that I have in in any um, Chelsea team I, team I support that there should be someone who resembles a paddy, and um, <laughs> Diego Costa actually resembles a, a now dead uncle of mine who came from Mayo, where you do get these sort of vaguely Spanish looking Irish people, and um, so I to me whenever I look at him he reminds me of my uncle. Um, my Uncle John from Mayo, because he's got this big, dark, eyebrowy thing going on. Um, in terms of football, it's just he's just fabulous, isn't he? It's um, the comparison to to him last year. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem like the same player. Now, some of that obviously has to come from within himself. You know, he he had to lose the weight. He had to determine that he was going to to get back to some sort of you know world beating form. Um, but you you have to think that 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 was massively helped by the way Conte has has worked with him and worked with the team, and he'll be a big miss. I mean, we, the, the converse of that is Chelsea have to be able to play without Conte uh, without. Um, oh God, my Costa! Costa. <laughs> I'm getting me seasoned. Costa, yeah, because I mean, if if. If we are, well, hopefully they'll be successful enough this year to get back into Europe. Um, you know, next season, should should the generally, you know, good times keep rolling, he's not going to be able to play every game. You know, we are going to be in this situation where, you know, players have to be rested. So I think it is important to have him around, but it will be interesting to see whether you know, Batshuayi or, or the team generally can step up without him because he is playing a very, very key role. Even on the rare occasions when he's not scoring goals, he's he's such a key part of the team now um, that, yeah, he's always there to, to be played into or he's moving wide. You know, he's a constant moving target. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when when they can't quite depend on someone to do that for them, which 
might give Bournemouth a, a chink of hope, I think. But yeah, I'm, I'm being massively impressed with him and his ability to to take the knocks without responding just just show that obviously there was something else going on in his head last season. And Fabregas, well, <sighs> yeah, I like I like Fabregas. I'm, I, I think Chelsea fans seem to divide into those who think the team can't be without him and those who, you know, basically lining him up behind a few others to show him the door. Um, I, I think we need to see a bit more of him in in Conte's team and see what role he can he can fill. He's certainly doing well when he comes on and. Um, I assume he will play because it's a home game against Bournemouth and, and, you know, we'd expect him to do well in that against what will be a fairly competitive midfield. But his attitude is right. You know, this whole thing of no one's, no one's bitching, no one's moaning um, because the team is doing so well, I suppose. And because I, I understand you've probably read the same articles I have, you know, he has these regular meals out, you know, breaking down all these cliques that are perhaps building up and just getting everyone to to work with each other. Yeah. It well, won't last forever, it but it's, it's, very, it's, I mean, very, it's very good to see at the moment. But I think, and, you know, winning and, 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 and having that confidence as a team really does help. Uh, I'm going to talk about two other players as well. I just want to bring in, um, you know, we're going to be without um, uh, N'Golo Kante. Um and um, Diego Costa, of course, on, on Monday um, when we play Bournemouth, um, a game Sorry, we lost. Um, well, we lost, and it was a game we lost last year, and it fucked my weekend right up because I couldn't believe we lost to Bournemouth. Uh, but when you watch the game back, you know we deserved to lose. Um, it was anywhere near as bad as people made out our performance. But you know Hazard was putting lots of balls into a box where nobody was. So um, is it going to be Fabregas in for Kante, uh, and is it, or is it going to be Chalabar, or is it going to be Batshuayi and Chalabar, or are we going to go with a false number nine and hope that somebody else can bang the goals in? I mean, I think Batshuayi deserves a, a, at least a start. Um, you know, by sitting, as he's been sitting on the bench as a backup striker. So, Quicker, you want to have a quick word about that? Yeah, I remember, funnily enough, Bournemouth last season, I, I was sitting next to uh, only a pound. And um, it's one of the memories of last season. Um, only a pound turned to me. Uh, I hope everybody knows who I mean by only a pound. Uh, Dave Johnson. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he yeah. must not be named. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he turned to me. And he said, just before that goal went in, he said, Bournemouth are going to score here. And it was that, that was, last season was that kind of season. The, 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 the poverty of our play was so predictable that that's exactly the kind of thing you could do. You could just say, yeah, the moment this attack was going to happen, you knew it was going to be a goal. So it's going to be a nice kind of full circle moment when we play them, I hope, um, next, next time around. But, I, I personally, I think I think this is going to be one of the most interesting games of the season. I think because this is going to be the first, well, one of the first real times where we get to see whether it really is the players or whether it's the entire squad. Because there's going to be no Costa, there's going to be no Kante, who I think is probably the most irreplaceable uh, player in that team. And we're going to see how we're going to play in that situation. I hope what he does is that I, I actually hope he plays a three. So you can get Fabregas in the team. You can also get Matic. And hopefully, I really want to see uh, uh, Chalaba. 
I think I think Chalaber has, has gone about his business superbly. He's not complained. He's uh, every time he comes into the team, he does a job, uh, doesn't make any mistakes. And I think it's I think it's high time that you know in a situation like this, he was he was trusted to uh, yeah. to come in and, and, and do the job. Okay. So I, I hope that I hope we get the yeah. three and we so get all three of them. In. I said this on the fan cast the other night that of all of the kind of up and coming youth players um, that's really shown some sparkle Chalabar is the one for me he's, he's come on and never looked out of place whichever position he's been playing in he looks confident um, he, he looks it's almost a complete contrast to um, Loftus-Cheek who's come on and looked awkward and kind of stumbled about a bit and I know he's, he's wound me up and I think he's wound you up a bit as well Clayton from time to time because his, his demeanour doesn't seem to fit and he, he's got a bit you know, Billy, big time on on, on everybody. Um, your th- your thoughts, Clayton? Um, I, I the, the the main thing with Loftus Cheek is I don't think that anybody's actually knows where his best position is, and that's possibly including the player himself. I don't know, um, but I, I'm really hoping on Saturday that um, Chiloba plays. Um, I think the one thing on Saturday which we can't actually expect is anybody to replace a player who is unique um, and what he does nobody else does I've, I've never seen a player like him I know that there, there is the Makaleli suggestion and, and in some respects I think that's the closest but when you watch him during a game the amount of time that he pops up and that he stops other teams in what they're doing and nips in and intercepts and just disrupts is, is astounding and I don't actually think that unless you are him, you have got that head on. So I think that there will be a slight change in formation. And I think that perhaps, um, whilst I'd like to see Chiloba, I think it, it will be Fabregas. Because I think a home game against a team who are more open than the, you know, the, the three teams that we played, the Palace, the West Brom, the Sunderland, they all try to stop us. Um, whereas I don't think Bournemouth will. I think Bournemouth will just play their own natural game, and I think they're a decent side. They've got a very good manager. Um, interestingly, I watched some of their game against Southampton, 20 minutes, and I was absolutely flabbergasted. Jack Wilshire was just walking around the pitch. I, very, very strange. I don't know what's happened with him. Anyway, that's by the by. Um and I'm really hoping that um, Batshuayi gets a chance on Saturday. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he didn't, because that's the way Conte is. I'm not sure whether Conte's got issues with Batshuayi. Um, he's hardly used him at all, which I think is a great shame, because I do think potentially he looks unbelievable. I, I saw a couple of goals that he scored. I know it was in one of those under-21 games where Fabregas was playing and Van Hinkle. He's got no backlift, and he can wallop the ball. Um, yeah. And I think I think it'd be a really good game for him to play. Um, again, he's completely different to Costa. He offers something different, and I think if he does play, um, maybe Hazard will be pushed up further, closer to him because I think he plays better in a two than he does in a as a lone striker. So I think that. There will be changes on Saturday in the way we, obviously in personnel, but I think in the way we play as compared to what we've done in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, just, just on that, I think the um, there's something that that's been said before that Conte actually prefers to play with two strikers. So uh, it may be that Bashoi gets his chance quicker than 
than than you know um, yeah. than we think. So um, yeah, yeah. This well, I'm 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 hoping that he gives him a chance. I mean, Bournemouth would be the team to do it if you can't really think about putting out um, a slightly weakened side, if you like. Be- through circumstances such as the suspensions against Bournemouth when you're at home and as good as they are or as reasonable as they are and nice football they play you know we should have the confidence at least to give them a go you know and maybe have a plan B off the bench and I'm pretty sure Conti will have worked all this out as well he seems to be very very clued up Um, I just want to very quickly before we move into part three which will take just a few bits to talk about some of the players that could be on their way out um, I want Clayton um, perhaps to jump in about Thibaut Courtois please um, what do you mean in, in a smug demeanour or just yes just that's exactly what I want I want you to be a smug uh, Cuban cigar Rioja holding bastard I want you to be sitting there with your feet up going yeehaw I told you so because I've done that about David Louise almost endlessly since he's come back this season yeah. and I think you deserve your moment of glory because my, even my, when my I moment had, in the sun yeah even when I had my doubts mate about um, uh, uh, Courtois I still didn't think I, I said it several times last season he's a bloody good player and the last thing we need to do is sell another good player yeah, and Hazard was the same, and you know I was quite adamant about that. But Courtois has made, uh, to my reckoning, in this eleven-game run, three or four vital saves, and that's when I you th- want him. Yeah, well, I listen. I mean, I saw with my own eyes uh, when he was playing for Atletico Madrid. I saw when he first came back to the club. What a great goalkeeper he was. Um, he had an awful year last year, uh, but tell me, apart from Asby and William, who didn't have an awful year last year, I thought he was perfectly adequate in, in the year that we won the championship. Um, so I, I couldn't see that he had gone that far backwards. I think he didn't help himself with comments that he came out. But, you know, the fact is a journalist says, you know, did you enjoy your time in, in Madrid? Would you like to go back there? You know, a Madrid, a Madrid player. uh, Sorry, a a Madrid newspaper asks a question. What are you going to say? No, it's a shithole, and I much prefer London. No, of course he's not. (laughs) You know, he enjoyed his time in Madrid because he won the league there, and he got to a Champions League final, and he played in a really good side. Um, For the first time in twelve months, he's playing behind a defence again which he wasn't, and it's cyclical. A good a goalkeeper reacts to a defence and a defence reacts to a goalkeeper. Um, there were times, I mean, I think one of the unfortunate things was at the beginning of the season, there was a, a period where when we were winning and even when we were losing, the actual amount of shots on goal that the opponents got was very, very low. And what was happening was every time they were shooting, it was going in. So it looked awful. Um, I didn't think with perhaps the the penalty at Swansea, if you cast your mind back, I didn't actually think that any of those goals were something that you could actually look and say that was down to him. I, you know, maybe he could have done better on one or two, but who can't? Every goal's a mistake by somebody. Um, 
and he's just proved he's a very, very good goalkeeper. And I think the one thing, and I know it's a cliche, so I apologise for that, but the, the, the mark of a great goalkeeper is one who stands doing absolutely toss all for 90 minutes and then makes a sort of save that he made against Sunderland. That is a sign of a great goalkeeper because it means their powers of concentration are honed. I mean, the fact is, in the last couple of games, he has had to come out at half-time and have practice because our defence has been so good. But he's he's looking great. He's looking great. I, I did hear what Alex said, and I just snarled. Um, I think <laughs> you know you you basically look at that man after the Palace game. You look um, when they showed him after we scored against Man City. Does that look like an unhappy guy? No, I don't think no. so. I think. You, I, how I, much I, do you think the Lollishong? Um, I think Lollishong and he did not get on. Do you know, I I don't know enough about it. I don't Mm. know enough about the background, but it cannot be any coincidence at all that this guy is now a lot happier than he was last year. I think that he blamed Lollishong for his knee injury because he was making him wear those weights in Mm. training. And he thinks that, you know, I think that that was partially it. I think that perhaps, you know, with, and this is complete and utter speculation. It might be a right level of shit, which is, you know. But the fact is that when Czech left and Lollishon was Czech's boy, mm. may, maybe Lollishon subconsciously resented the fact that that's the way around it happened. I don't know. Lollishon should have gone to Arsenal with Czech. That's mm. totally how I felt. Because there was a time in the last, certainly the last few seasons... When, especially when we had Drogba, and that may well have been part of Mourinho or whoever, whoever's plan actually, before, even when Drogba and Czech were without Mourinho, where I got tired of the endless Czech pumping the ball long down to Drogba. Um, and I thought that, that comes from the goalkeeping coach, as far as I'm concerned, get it out, uh, and let your other boys sort of deal with it. I've disliked Lollishon for years. Um, and I actually thought, didn't he, because didn't he come in because Mourinho had his own coach, didn't he? Was it, um, Sylvina Laura. Sylvina Laura, Laura, yeah. 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 Um, and I, I, so I've never quite understood this thing with Lollishon. And the fact is, the club, in my view, did the right thing. Um, no, but Lollishon was with Czech at Wren. So that was why ah, he right. came in. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there were too many problems. And I think, you know, you look at how Czech performed for the 10, 12 years he was at the club. He was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you know, shit happens. But. The, the thing is, as as we were sort of last year when everything was going tits up, like we said, you know, people want, I mean, people want to listen to what they were saying last year. They wanted Hazard out. You want him out now? No, I don't think so. They wanted Costa out. I mean, these players did themselves no favours last year. They no. were they were bloody awful. Can I just, uh, just on the Hazard, I just must, otherwise I might spontaneously combust. Can I just say, just for the record, last season, Eden Hazard was injured he was injured, right? As he had we, a hip as, injury. As we mentioned as, on it, we actually mentioned on it. And we, we, you we, did. Yeah, you, I you spent the whole well. season. I spent the whole season saying this guy is injured. Exactly. He's not so, fit. If you're if you're a winger and you can't turn, not much use. No. Yeah. Precisely. You know? Precisely. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, jump off the subject now. Um, I think you know I'll, I'll just put my for my Tuttman's eighpenny worth. I think. Um, Thibaut Courtois is going to prove to be a great goalkeeper. I, th- I think he, along with any of our players, if they shine for a season or two, will have Madrid or Barcelona sniffing around them. Um, 
and that will come down to who our coach is and the quality of life in the country with the club as to whether or not we keep them. Um, uh, I do think I agree with what Quickly said at the beginning of the the, the, the podding shed, or I think in our preamble before we went live, um, was you know there are other good goalkeepers, out and I, I really do rate Casper Schmeichel. So you know if Tebow was to go, that would be a fine move in my in my view. But that that save against Sunderland from Courtois oh, was class, was world it was class. class. That was that was if you look at the fans behind that goal, they are shouting goal. They uh, are doing, if if you look at. Um, What's his face? The guy who hit the ball. Van yeah. Arnholt. Van, Van Arnholt, Arnholt. Yeah. He was he was running away. Yes. Celebrating. Yes. And, and, and it, it, I call that doing a Tony Glover because I embarrass myself uh, several dozen times a season by shouting goal, leaping up and down to have somebody tap me on the shoulder. Go, what the fuck are you jumping up there for? We missed, or he saved it, <laughs> or you know, um, you know, we this all is, do that. This it's, is it's also it's this also is a worth... basketball or something like that. You know, that's the sort of thing I get. It's also worth just noting, uh, sometimes, I think, once someone gets on a goalkeeper, everyone piles on. Um, this isn't to do with Courtois, but I noticed when Chelsea beat Everton, um, the media got very exercised about Stecklenburg. I think at least one went, you know, he came out and they put it through his legs. And um, he was heavily criticised on the, the stuff I was listening to or watching. You know, oh, he should have stopped that one. I then noticed that Fraser Foster, I think the Southampton game, which was before the Everton game, if I remember rightly, I noticed that Costa did exactly the same thing to Fraser Foster and put the ball between his legs. No yeah, one said a damn thing. It's, you know, almost and, as if, it's almost as if strikers are trained to put the, put the shot through goalkeeper's <laughs> legs, you know? Okay, look, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in, chaps, and move on because I've got one more little bit I do want to talk about, which is um, I, I think potentially we've got a transfer window coming up, and it's not about who's coming in. Um, there's just too many uh, uh, options around that, too many variations, I think. But who's going? Um, and uh, I think if we look at, you know, I'll, I'll just put the names forward. I think um, Ivanovic could potentially be off. Uh, I think Mikel is already in talks with Marseille, I believe. But the big, the big one is, is probably Oscar. Um, the, the talk is a £62 million deal. Um, in my view is that's a fantastic deal for a player who, for me, has never reached his potential at Chelsea, has had plenty of chances, has had, uh, you know, even when he's had a, a, a pre-season um, and he hasn't been hoard around the world with Brazil um, and their pack of performing SEAL players or whatever, um, uh, who, um, should he go? What do you think, people? Anyone? Open for uh, Yeah, I, th- I think for his career, um, I'm not. I'm not sure he needs to move to China, but I think um, not for his career. He doesn't. No. no. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, yeah. actually, actually, before you go on, quick. I mean, Alex was very, very critical on the fan cast the other night about this and saying, you know, if you want to go and get four hundred grand a week. Um, then, then fine, go off. But that'll be the end of your career, as it were. You know, that actually, at your age, you could be getting this a nice little secure, you know, with a German club or an Italian club or whatever. But you know, that that actually well, by going to China, you're running the white flag up the pole, and it shows that actually you don't give a shit about the football. What you really give a shit about is the, the money. Well, it's, it's what it, it's what do you want? Do you? I mean, I, I listened to journalists that actually put a very good case for this. He said, because we would always ask, well, what's the difference between a lifestyle at 20 million and a lifestyle at, uh, at 15 million? And, yeah. uh, journalists came back and said, well, the difference is a private jet 
the ability to support your extended family, uh, the ability to buy that one more house in that in that extra place or build that hospital, whatever. I don't know. I don't whatever footballers do with their money these days. But I think the honest truth, if he looks if he looks at himself in the mirror, the place where players go to earn each other's respect is Europe. Uh, it's playing in the Champions League. It's winning the Champions League, and you can't do that in China. There are. Uh, there are Brazilian, and this may be an influence on his decision, there are Brazilian players, Canato Augusto, um, playing in China, who are still playing in the national team. So maybe that's an influence, because he knows if he goes there, he can still play for Brazil. But I just think, just, just a little thing about Oscar's contribution. I think Oscar, there are three big things that will, for me, should be the analysis of, of Oscar at Chelsea. Uh, number one, he played way too many games in the first couple of seasons. He played way, way too many games, and I don't think we managed him properly. I don't think Brazil managed him properly either. Um, the second thing is, I think his peak was under Di Matteo. I think Di Matteo was exactly the right coach for him. We played, we played a way that we had Mata and Oscar and Hazard all in, interchanging, finding space. Um, I don't know if people remember that, but that two mm. months three-month period under Di Matteo, we played some absolutely unbelievable stuff. Um, and when Di Matteo went, he just started regressing. And then the third thing is that I don't think he ever really um, defined himself as a player. I think he he didn't really have a skill set that said, okay, this is the one thing he's good at. I mean, you know with Hazard, you know that Hazard is a supreme dribbler. You know that Costa is a finish, he can put his weight about, you know that Conte can tackle... You know, every every player will have some kind of defining set of characteristics. I don't know what Oscars are. I don't know whether he's a dribbler or a passer or a, a central midfielder or an attacking midfielder. I don't know what he is. And part of the responsibility for that has to be the coaches, for sure. But part of the responsibility also has to lie with him. You have to decide what kind of contribution you, you're making. And he, he seems to just fall between the lines all the time. Indeed. So, yeah, I never. I'm going to stop you because I, I just want to, you know, um, get on to moving on. Um, Clayton, um, interesting what Kweku just said. Um, is Oscar an earlier version of Rubens Loftus Cheek? No, I, I think that what Queco said was spot on in terms of the coaches. I mean, the players have to take some responsibility for themselves. But ultimately, this is a really, really great player who's never actually um, fulfilled his potential. Now, I'm not 100% sure about the facts, but I don't know how many games in a row he's ever played. Uh, I know that when, it, when Jose came back, he played him regularly, except when he came to big games and he was always on the bench that can't be any good for your confidence I think there was perhaps a bit of the the what the Matic treatment for Oscar um I think it's a great shame I mean the whole thing about him going to China at 25 is disgraceful I mean I don't you know if this guy has come from a very deprived background and and the money is something that he thinks he needs to make sure his whole family are looked after that's fine, but I suspect he's earning a shed load where he is and he could go somewhere in Europe and also earn a shed load. But he hasn't done himself any favours and I don't think the club has. I, I think, that, to me, the club have given up on him. I, I think that, well, there was a, a podcast at the end of last season and I... I because everybody's saying, because last year there was a rumour about him going to China for 60 million, and I said, no, I don't want to lose him. And everybody said, you're 
absolutely barking because that sort of money is is mad. And I said, look, you know, he hasn't done it under this manager and that manager. We've got one more great manager coming in. Let's see if he can do anything with him. Well, whether Conte wants to do anything with him or whether he just has said, I don't like your attitude, so that's why he's not playing, I don't know. Um, but I, I'm very sad to see him go. I really am. Um, but if it means that, you know, if it means somebody else comes in... Um, I, 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 all I will say about transfers is this man who is our manager at the moment is fantastic. If he's happy to let him go, and if he's happy with who's coming in, that's all that matters for me. Brilliant, uh, Donald. Is he, is he going to the same club as Ramirez? Because of course, uh, we've, no, everyone he's... seems to have forgotten that we sold or Ramirez moved on to a, mm. a Chinese club. But Ram- and... Ramirez was twenty. Was twenty seven. 28. I mean, the, the oh yeah, no, no, I'm not comparing yeah, them. That, yeah, I'm yeah, just saying, yeah. in terms of they were teammates, uh, you know, that, that sort of that yeah. influence of Ramirez saying, I guess you can get this sort of money over here. You know, the other Ramirez is doing quite well um, out there. Um, uh, from what I last said. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. Um, so it's interesting uh, though uh, that you, the way you said it. I mean, I'll I'll just go repeat what I said. I. I I would take 62 million for a player that I I, I can't measure on potential anymore because I think he's had long enough to try and show that potential and and I I actually think 62 million pound could buy us. Two well, you, you could ask you could ask Tony who in that team wouldn't you sell for 62 million quid? Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and that's an interesting one. There's, there's, uh, I, I, I'd 62 go million pound is a lot of money. Yeah, I'd go on a picket line to stop Eden has a leave in that club. I tell yeah. you. But I'm just I, saying, I you know, think, yeah, it's, it's a lot of money for point. any player, no matter how good or bad they are. Sixty-two yeah. million is a yeah. lot of money. To it is, down. and and it and Got it could just be the the thing. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm aware that you're probably about to drop out. Are you, Clayton? I, I'm I'm going to bid you all a fine farewell. Yeah. Um, and wish everybody a very good Christmas. Uh, I I really do have to go. I do yeah. apologise. No no problem. Uh, um, I'm going oh, to miss gonna... Fat Domino singing Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All the Way. I'll I'll listen I'll listen to the podcast. Okay, oh. mate. Listen, you have a good Christmas. He's, 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 he's got to leave. He's got to leave now so he can make it to the Bournemouth game. No, <laughs> Christmas. Have a good Christmas. All right. I'll see you on um, Monday, Clayton. I hope so. I hope Cheers, so. Mate. Take care. Bye. 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 Which is Italian for time to go. Oh, yep. <laughs> very good. Yes, we like very, that one. Yeah, yeah Conti Partiero. Sorry about that. I, I apologise. I apologise to Nick in advance. He's probably sitting there thinking, if only, there's, there's no if only, I, if only I had that song just to hand yeah. and I could have <laughs> played it for you. Absolutely. Um, any thoughts on those and then we'll move into the parish notices. Uh, do you want to go to first, Donald? Um, well, JT... I mean, it, it has to end somewhere, um, you know, and I think he's realistic enough about the way life is now. And um, I suppose what we're really waiting to see is, is he going to be part of the club or is he, you know, just going to move on? Um, we'd have to wait and see, I suppose. Um, Ivanovic, again, 
I don't know. He was such a, a good player for the club. He obviously had his problems last year. You know, has lost a, seemed to lose his way a little bit. Uh, if he's happy to be a squad player, could we still do with his experience for another season? Perhaps. Um, Mikel, I think, he's done everything at Chelsea and I can understand that if he now is too far down the pecking order that he would go. If he goes, he certainly goes with my love and devotion attached to him, you know. As, here, do any, as does any player who, who, yeah. who wears his shirt. He's been a very loyal servant, yeah. Mikel. And I've always been a pro-Mikel person, I really yeah. have. So. I mean, Mikel and Ivanovic, you know, and Terry obviously speaks for itself. Ivanovic and Mikel, they've been part of some very, very great days for Chelsea. And, Indeed, yeah. You know, never, I always felt, gave of their best. And if they go, then hopefully they'll get a good send-off. You know, yeah. and, um, good to you know we forget that Mikel's still, he, he was so good so young that he's still, you know, got a few years left in yeah, him. Indeed, yeah, indeed, yeah. Quicko. Yeah, um, one of my, one of my uh, really good mates down at Chelsea, uh, my mate James, uh, shout out to him. Uh, he bought a, uh, a Mikel shirt in the uh, 2008-2009 season and I mocked him relentlessly uh, that whole season for wearing that shirt but uh, you know Mikel was being for me I don't care what you know the kind of PlayStation era football people um, say uh, he's been one of the best servants that I can remember in my time at Chelsea uh, Chelsea supporter rather um, I'll never forget what he did uh, 2011 12 on the run to Munich he was superb, uh, particularly against Barcelona. He got a lot of unfair stick from people who don't know anything about football, particularly in the pundit uh, industry. Um, and yeah, he goes he goes certainly with, with my thanks, and uh, I hope with uh, a lot of people who understand football's thanks uh, amongst the Chelsea sport. Um, JT, well, you know, I mean, it's got to end, as Stone also says, it's got to end at some point. Um, and uh, I think, you know, when he goes, I think we we have to give him the mother of all send-offs. Um, I think he knows it's, it's coming. I mean, the, the interview with Gallas, as I said, if you can get a... I'll see if I can send it over to you, Tones. Very, very good. Um, he, um, you know, I think he's laying the ground where I think he knows. Uh, I think David Luiz is fast growing into the next Chelsea captain. Um, probably should be already. Um, and uh, Eva, again, the same. Um, all loyal... Uh, club servants again that 2011-12 season um, you know scoring the winner against Napoli the two goals against uh, Liverpool in 2008-9 all fantastic servants and, and all men you know when we were up against it um, you know those were the players that usually showed you know they didn't hide um, and we won Champions Leagues and Leagues and UEFA Cups and FA Cups and League Cups uh, because of them so um, it may well be the time to go probably is all three of them but um, they deserve to be remembered and they deserve to be given the mother of all send-offs when they do go. Lovely well stuff. Said. Thank yes. you very much. That's great. Um, right, so uh, we'll just move on. I'll do the whatever. Um, if you want to listen to any more of this um, 
well, I think fantastic drivel, drivel it may well be, but it's bloody interesting and it's a, 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 a good, honest opinion from, from the actual terraces of, of Chelsea Football Club. Um, you can pick up more of this um, on iTunes. We, we, we're on iTunes. Just um, just go to an iTunes search bar and type in Podding Shed and you'll, you'll come across, well, 80 previous episodes. Um, we've also got the iTunes... Um, Rating. So if you want to go on there, have a listen and give us a rating. It does all sorts of lovely things that I don't know about, but that Nick really likes. Um, you can also type it in on Google. Uh, Quaker, you're going to have to go on mute, mate. I can hardly hear myself there. Um, that's it, lovely. Um, you can also go on to Google and just type in podinshed.com where you'll find our bespoke website with, again, all of the episodes going right the way back to the original one with the original cast and crew right through to this brand new version. Um, and um, moving on, um, also, Chelsea's uh, Supporters Trust. Now, I've come to make some very, very, very good friends from this um, with Dan Silver um, and uh, David Stanford Chidgy and, uh, of course, Tim Rolls and a few others. Um, if you join the Trust, it's your way as a supporter to get your voice heard by the club. They do meet the club. Um, it's £5 to become a voting member. Um, it's free um, if you want to just be a, a, a non-voting member. You'll still get the newsletter, still have access to the website. You can sign up at um, www.chelseasupporterstrust.com um, and you can attend the meetings, obviously, if you're a, a, um, a member of it. Um, you can go to the events. They have several social events a year, quizzes and the like. Um, and you can vote on issues that directly affect you and make sure that you get your voice heard. Um, if you want to follow them on Twitter, they are under the handle at Chelsea S Trust. Um, I'm still trawling around for future guests. We had Dan Silver last time. Chid has promised to come on. Um, Martin Wickham, basically, um, anybody that drinks in the cock before a game um, uh, uh, said, yeah, we'll come on. Um, but actually spoke to Alex Churchill the other night, who was um, uh, uh, going to come on this season. She's been um, knee-deep in um, uh, writing more of her wonderful books um, about World War One, Chelsea Football Club, and, and some particular subjects close to her heart um, but in her own words um, I invited her and said look you know we'll have to get you on the podding shed she's been on before um, and she came out with the words anytime I'm happy to sit and talk shit about Chelsea anytime um, my sort of fan um, so uh, that's that's that um, a- any other business chaps uh, well let's just keep the run going eh? that's the main thing hey uh, Yes, let's hope so. Can I, can I just say that we've been so upbeat and jolly, um, obviously buoyed up probably by the coming adver- advent of the baby Jesus and so on and so forth, that we have omitted to dwell on, mention or be horrified by the awful tackle on David Louise. That's just how good times are now, that we don't even stop and dwell on such awful things. Do you know what got me about that? What actually got me more about that was the fact that our punishment financially was worse than Manchester City's, yet they were the ones that instigated everything. Uh, and ours was no more than a normal reaction, certainly not over the top when you consider what um, what else happened there as well. And but I, I, suspect, I, I find I, it amazing. It should not be related to your previous record. We have had no issues under Antonio Conte's, but we're being blamed for the sins of the fathers here. And I just think yeah, it's but... wrong. And I think the club should have had some balls come out and said, we're not paying it. You can fuck off. <laughs> Well, that, that's, that's the that's that's the FA for you, but I think um, I think it was because of the previous offences. But just just on the tackle, 
um, you've got to look at Chalaba's reaction afterwards. If you can get a photo, if you can go into Google, you type in Chalaba and Aguero. Yeah, yeah. A fantastic photo of Chalaba basically flicking Aguero like a sort of uh, pea, you know, off the plate. <laughs> um, you know, sort of, you know, Aguero sort of tumbling backwards. It, it, it's, it's a fantastic photo. So yeah. if you if you, uh, if you have a look at that, it, it'll make you chuckle for sure. We'll bring, we'll bring, we'll, we'll spice this up. Because our next one will no, do, now, no doubt be uh, in the new year. It will be after the season of Goodwill and we'll bring some, uh, we'll bring some controversy into the conversation. Um, about controversy and menace, and exactly love. controversy and menace. But you know we're 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 smiling away. Um, we're full of um, the season's festivities. Um, did you have another tune to play us out with there? Then? Well, I, I thought I thought a quick blast of uh, Fats Domino. Yeah, who, yeah, as far yeah. as I know, has no connection to Chelsea whatsoever. Don't, are they going to are they going to throw me out of the hotel now? Not oh. if they're fast, not if they like fat Domino. Fat, I can't yeah, see why they would. Any, if they got any sense of class, um, you, you could of course just uh, mute it for a second or two. Um, yeah, no, all right, all right, uh, gone, far away. Here we go. Stuff. There you go. Lovely, Lovely upbeat sound. Yeah, and, uh, and on that Wonderful. note, I'm going to I'm going to say good night. Um, we've said good night yeah. to Clayton, but thanks again, Clayton. Uh, I hope to see him on Monday. Um, and thank you both, Kweku and Donal, um, for a fine contribution um, to what's turned out to be a bit of a bumper episode at one minute and twenty four seconds so far. Um, I would like to wish you both one minute uh, and twenty four seconds. One That's hour, slow. one one twenty <laughs> one hour. Tw- I'm so buggered by this weekend of Christmas. Or whatever, but, uh, um, I'd, I'd like to just say that, um, yeah, and I'm in a particularly good mood because I actually have got a new job which I start next month which is um, very very exciting and uh, a a, a big change for me from um, what I have been doing and um, you know within the same organisation within the same organisation but at the um, the global group level if you like so the company that actually owns all of the um, all of the various um, uh, opcos as we call them around the world so uh, interesting move Tony, given that you were turning up to Stamford Bridge on Sunday, I, I thought it was going to be as uh, chief groundsman. You disappointed me that. Yeah. <laughs> very good, very good. Yes, um, before you came on, Donald, there was, um, I was massively confused about the fact that um, Christmas Eve is Saturday, Christmas Day is Sunday, and Boxing Day is yes. Monday. And, and uh, yeah. this, this leap year has really completely buggered everything I know up about life, time, the universe, everything. Listen, both, um, have a lovely Christmas. Have a fantastic yes, year. Um, we'll look to yeah. do a pod in shed again um, in a couple of weeks' time, possibly yeah. the first week of January. Maybe, maybe post Tottenham pre FA Cup, um, and yeah. we'll take it there. And to our listener, and we know that you are out there somewhere, man or woman, or maybe we have two listeners now, um, and we'd like to say thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for. Comp- constantly pestering me on Twitter to do another episode. Um, have a, a, a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year um, and goodbye. Goodbye. Good night.